Welcome to the fourth official soccer podcast. My name is Boril Ludemi. I'm joined by my uh, co-host, Sulaiman Lassisi. How's it going, man? Going good. Welcome to the show, our listeners. This is going to be another exciting episode of the fourth official soccer podcast. And we hope you're excited to be a part of the show today. What do you have for us today, Boril? Yeah, we have a lot going on, um, especially with the Women's World Cup, Copa America, and exciting for us as Africans, the African Cup of Nations. Yes, the um, African Nations Cup. Yeah, so we are very excited about topics today. We're also going to talk about uh, the Gold Cup going on in North and uh, Central America. All right, so let's uh, start with our first topic, which is the Women's World Cup. Um, Suleiman, as you can tell, there, there was a very, very big controversy in the Cameroon game, and I know you have a lot of uh, opinions about it, so uh, I would just give you the mic and uh, just talk about it. Sure, yeah, I have a lot of opinions about that game, but I'm going to just start from the goal and just the way VAR operates in this World Cup. It's, the officiating is just terrible. You have referees interpreting the game whichever way they decide to interpret it, and it just takes away from the fun that this game is supposed to be. And there were a lot of remarks from people saying the Cameroonian players were too emotional, they were not being good role models. And I'm just like, emotions are part of the game. You, you come to this game to play and have fun and just be, be the best you can be on the football field. And when you feel like things are going against you, it's human to want to react in a way that's might not even be your natural tendency, but you're playing. The adrenaline is high, so you, you can't help but express yourself the way you see fit. So I, I just feel bad for the, for the Cameroonians. They played a really good game. The, England, the English team obviously scored as many goals as they could, and they, they won fairly, but you just have to feel a little bad. Being, being, being African, having a soft spot for the Cameroonian team, I feel bad for the team. What exactly do you think is wrong with um, the, the VAR element? So, like, VAR, like, you know, is a technology. And yes. what exactly do you think is wrong with, with the whole VAR situation currently? So, VAR, VAR is a technology, like you just said. And I think the problem is FIFA adopting F VAR in this tournament. It's so... It's, the, the notice is short. This referee has had maybe 17 days to, like, be able to work with VAR in a World Cup. And I just think they're not, they're not ready. FIFA is not ready yet, and they should take baby steps before they come on a grand stage like this to present this kind of technology. These players are not used to it, and you're making decisions that define their career, their team's joy and sadness in these moments. And they just feel like this tournament is not ready for VAR, and maybe if you're going to use VAR in this tournament, you should use it gradually. You're defining this game by very fine margins. This is a game that humans are playing. You're defining this game using, like, at the level of nanofibers is what you're de defining the margins of offsides. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yes. So, so they just have to be as precise as they can be and as consistent as they can be. And the consistency is the biggest problem. Referees just deciding the game any kind of way they feel like. Yes. I, I think I just want to give my two cents about this. I think... We are software engineers, and you know, with any technology, you have to keep testing. You have to test. The first time you use technology, it's not going to be perfect. And I think that's I agree. what's going on I right agree. now. And it really sucks for them, like you said. The stakes are just too high. Yeah, the, the stakes, stakes are, are too high. high. Yes. Cool. Well, all right, let's, let's move on uh, to another incident that happened in the Cameroon game with the, uh, the spitting incident. So did you think that was uh, genuine or not? So, the, I mean, spitting has no place in the game. I would say that I would reiterate that speeding has no place in the game. It looked to me like 
I, I couldn't really tell if the intention was there, but that there's no class in that. There's absolutely no class in that, and I just I just wish she hadn't done that. So I I I don't think that should have happened. I don't think she should have done that. There's no place for that in the game. Yes, it was really hard to tell. I I, I we watched different angles of the of the spinning incident. I I still can't tell. And the reason why I can't tell also is because she wasn't even looking at her when she was spinning and. and and you know, as soccer players, you can sell anything, really. Yes, you, know you what I'm can. Saying? Yeah, that's but, true. But but sh- the Cameroonian player should not have done that. So I mean, in summary, it's it's an interesting World Cup. I actually feel like it's more interesting than the men's World Cup. I mean, the lot of VAR making it yes. even more dramatic. Yep. And the I mean, France almost lost to Brazil, so it's just a lot of emotions rising high and tensions all over the pitch. So it's a very interesting World Cup, and I mean, I'm excited to see how. How are the games? Awesome. Can we just talk real quick about the USA and Sweden game? Uh, no, sorry, the USA Spain? and Spain game. Sure, today. sure. What um, do you want to say about I, it? I, so it's VAR again, all okay. right? So basically Lavelle was, um, you know, tripped, well, quote-unquote tripped by the Spanish defender. And I thought it was a sub-penalty. Now, the bottom of the, her cleats, of the Spanish uh, defender's cleats, scraped um, Lavelle's socks or, or leg and the way she fell was so unnatural and, and then obviously you went to VAR because the VAR officials could not even decide if that was real and, or not and that, that's and the thing with VAR is you are you shouldn't be using VAR to officiate the game you should be using VAR just to just to check when things are wrong you shouldn't be going to VAR for everything well but but that's a possible penalty it was a possible okay. penalty okay. so they had to check it okay but I personally think that was not a penalty okay. and, and this is the problem I have with officiating in general. There are times where you see people give that pe- as, as not a penalty or even give even worse tackles as not a penalty. But then you see in this game, this s- script, I will call it a script because it was a script and that was given as a penalty. And that, in my opinion, is, is not fair to the, to the, to the Spanish, to Spanish. Uh, Spanish team. I mean, it's, it's unfair I, when you lose a game on two penalty on t- kicks. Yes, I mean, yes, yes, for sure. But... Um, yeah, so yeah, that's I think it's that's, an interesting World Cup, is what I would say. I'm yeah. I'm excited for the quarterfinals and a lot of the exciting matchups that are to come in this tournament. Yeah, well, uh, we're sad that Nigeria lost to Germany. I, I guess we expected that. Um, uh, I think we we kind of set that offline. Uh, yes, I think we just when I say we, I mean we African countries. We need to go back on the African continent and just. Get a little more organized because these ladies, the talent is there, yeah. the skill set is there, yeah. the athleticism is there. Australia is just, phenomenal. Yes, and just 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 prepare us better so that we can represent the continent on this stage the next time. Can I digress for a little bit? Um, sure. And this is something really I'm not proud to say, um, but Nigeria, the the girls had uh, an issue with the Nigerian FA where they weren't getting paid. And this is a something that always occurs. And they're not protest. They protested basically didn't want to leave the hotel, um, you know, and go back to Nigeria. Um, and the protest was about like games that they've played two or three years ago. And this is really getting bad. And I'm I'm not proud of, of Nigeria. And I think the girls really did well. They got to the knockout stage. That's big achievement in my opinion. It is. In a very tough group. Don't don't, exactly. don't forget. Yes. We had a tough group. So. I, I am really sad that that's going on, but if the Nigerian FA is listening to us right now, please do us a favor and pay the girls. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm totally in support of that. The, the Nigerian FA, that, that's definitely a story for a different because I could go on and on about just the, 
the corruptness of that organization. But I'll leave that topic for another day. Cool. Let's move on to Copa America. Um, Brazil is uh, showed us that they are, you know, Brazil uh, against Peru this past uh, weekend. What do you think about the game? Yeah, I mean, Brazil as a team, they're coming together. I mean, they don't have Neymar, so they have to do it. It's not a committee effort. So they're coming together collectively. They got one point against Venezuela. Yeah. They actually scored three goals that were disallowed. So mm -hmm. the score line might not actually reflect the, the, the performance in the game. But they got six past Peru, and that's, that's, a, that's an impressive score line. So I'm just waiting. I'm not, I'm not excited for Brazil winning the tournament or anything. But I, I think they've, they've done enough to, to get the fans yeah. optimistic about their chances in this tournament. Yes, I think, and you want to talk about Everton, uh, how, he's, how phenomenal he's doing. Yeah, he's still doing well. He got another goal against Peru, and his presence, his presence in the Brazilian national team, he actually started against Peru. So, I mean, I think that says something because his presence, presence is being felt. I remember in the first game, he was subbed in for David Neres, but now he's starting, which means his presence is actually being felt on the team. Awesome. So let's talk about Argentina. Um, I mean, Argentina is your team. Why don't you take the lead on the reactions and how you feel right. about the team so far? Okay, what well, you think I like Argentina because of because of because Messi. of a certain Messi. <laughs> well, I think he's a good player. But anyways, so I realized something. I watched Argentina against Qatar uh, this past weekend. I actually sat down and noticed what was going on. You know, just you know, watching every player. I realized something that every player and, and a lot of people, media outlets have said this. Every, every player looks up to Messi, which I understand. Completely, you know, he's a very great player, very good player, so you look up to him. But it seems like they're depending on him even on the field. Like, I noticed a particular, a, a particular play where, the, I can't remember who the player was, but this player was going, and he, you know, he, he was going from the midfield to the, to the, uh, to the, defense, the defense of the opponent, and then um, there was a player all the way on the left that was free from the Argentina player, but he decided to still pass the ball to Messi, even though there were five players around Messi. And this is, I think, a major problem for Argentina. I mean, it's the blessing and a curse, right, to have Messi on your team. It's one thing, you, can, you know you can come up with a moment of magic and change the game, but then when it becomes every play that your team makes is predictable to the point where Messi is the focal point, yeah. then it just becomes a... It, it becomes predictable. Teams can read your game and just put five men around Messi and that's the formula to defend against Argentina. Yes, so. but the thing that's baffling to me is why is the coach not saying if somebody else is free, give it to that player? Like, why is that? Don't they, they see these so, tapes? So they they watch I, these. What I've heard a lot about coaches and the Argentine national team is basically it's Messi's team. So I think in this case, the coach, the coach has to really say, this is my team, and you play my way. What do you mean it's Messi's team? A lot of times, Messi actually selects the people that are going to play on the team. Is, have you heard that? I, I have heard it. I still think it's a rumor. I don't think it's confirmed. If you can show me any evidence, that'd be awesome. But like, I think it's just a rumor that is going on that people will say Messi chooses his team. Because, I, uh, I actually think the, the choice of having Scaloni as a coach confirms that because you're putting a, a rookie coach on the to coach the Argentine national team, basically someone who really doesn't have a lot of weight when it comes to his opinion. That just tells you, okay, we have a coach that plays on the field, but you can stay here and you can coordinate things or act like you're coordinating things. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the, that's the case. Dybala I mean, came in and played last, uh, against Qatar, and there are rumors that uh, uh, Messi doesn't like Dybala. 
um, and he still gets picked and, and, and things like that. I mean, he came in and played. What was his call line when he came in? Was was two zero? Okay. I mean, oh oh no, one zero. I think one zero. Okay. I, I really didn't watch the game, so I can't. I don't have a lot of opinion it, either way. But I I still I in the Argentine national yeah. setup. I think it is Messi's team. Yeah, actually, DiBala actually assisted the second goal. I mean, even though okay. Aguero did most of the work, but DiBala passed to Aguero. Aguero dribbled like two or three yeah, players. I mean, I would like to see a lot more of that. I would like to see DiBala getting involved every game, yes. and also it just builds the team chemistry because yes. they're gonna come up against bigger challenges. As, it, as this tournament goes on, so they need him to be playing regularly. Yes, I think not playing Dybala is a, is, is a problem. I don't know what's going on again, like, but maybe, hey, you say it's Messi's team. I believe that, you know, I, I think Scaloni is still choosing the team, but I don't know. We'll Until see. proven otherwise. Until Messi is not in that selection, it is Messi's team. Well, we'll, we'll see about that. Well, do you think they can win the, the I don't think they can win the tournament. No, they haven't showed enough for me to to think that Messi, that Argentina will win the tournament. I think, you know what I think was going to happen? What's going to happen? I think they're going to win. And you know why? How? Why? How, how they're going to win? VAR. It's going to be VAR. It's going to be VAR that's going to win them this uh, tournament. Well, that would be interesting to see. I mean, we've already have a lot, had a lot of storylines about VAR, so adding this one to it, <laughs> that would be interesting. But I'm out here. I just also wanted to say the fact that we're even talking about Messi and Argentina in the quarterfinals, of the Copa America, I think it comes down to Franco Armani. Because oh, yes. if not for him, oh, yes. they would have lost to Paraguay. Yes, I think that should be mentioned. Yeah. It is Messi's team, but it was <laughs> Armani's day against Paraguay. Yeah, so. yeah. No, Armani did really good uh, with that save, um, uh, the penalty save. So he, he really carried the team, to be honest, uh, in the groups, out of the group stage. Um, and then what about Chile, Colombia, and Uruguay? They're, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're the powerhouse. They're, they're the team. I mean, Colombia has nine points. No yes. other team has nine points coming out of... And they came out of the same group as Argentina. So I just well, feel like... Well, their group is, was relatively easier compared to like Chile's... Chile's I mean, group. they had Paraguay. I wouldn't call Paraguay an easy team. Well, Argentina couldn't beat... <laughs> Paraguay, they almost uh, lost. Paraguay, well, lo we're talking Paraguay about, lost points. We're talking about an Argentina in shambles. Okay, it, I think it's not fair to compare. Like this current Argentina team is is in shambles, right from the FA. I okay. hear rumors of, of 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 Messi paying for some of the the costs that the FA uh, that team. the team incurs. Okay. So so we're talking about we're talking about a a, 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 a team in shambles, and, and I think it's it's fair to you know. It's fair to say it's, a, it's an easy group, just based on that. I wouldn't call it easy. A team that has Colombia, Argentina, and Paraguay in a Copa America tournament. I mean, what else? Who else do you want in that in a in a group to make it a, a difficult group? I wouldn't call it easy. I would have if well. Brazil, Venezuela, Bolivia, Peru. That sounds easier to me. It's probably easy, but I, I still think that group is easy. I, I still okay, think it's, okay. a, it's an easy but, group but, for Colombia but, to win. But when presented the opportunity, yes. it's still left to you yeah, to yeah. capitalize on the opportunity. Correct. And they've done exactly Correct. that. So I hey, big ups to Colombia. I'm not saying they they you know they're not you know they're a very good team. I would love to see them play against a very good top team that is stable like Chile, or Uruguay, and see or Brazil and see yeah, how they do. The opportunity will present itself yeah. in the knockout stages. So yes. we'll see that. Yep. Yep. So cool. Well, let's move on to our favorite continent, Africa. The African Nations Cup. Yes. It's time, I'm man. Very excited. It's time. I actually think this time Nigeria can actually win it. That's <laughs> What do you think? Th that's patriotic. If if nothing else, it is patriotic. I think Nigeria has a chance. We have a good squad and I just want to rem remind you of the fact that 
when it comes to the African Nations Cup, we have powerhouses. Yes. We have Cameroon. We have Egypt. Yes. And these are teams that have pl- been around. We have Algeria. These are teams that have that have really shown their weight when it comes to this tournament. Ghana's won it four times. Nigeria's won it three times. Yeah. So it would be an interesting tournament. All these teams are here. They, they, some of these teams have their best quads ever. So this would be an interesting tournament. It's yes. a competitive one. I think the most stacked team right now is Senegal. With you know Koulibaly and Mane, Mane didn't play against Tanzania last weekend, but they still won two zero. Um, the thing about that game, though, uh, that I noticed, um, I think um, Senegal wasted a lot of chances, and maybe that's because Mane wasn't playing. But Mbaye Niang um, was missing like sitters and just missing everything, and I think that may be a problem. Like for example, if Nye- uh, if Mane is injured, maybe he plays the second game. Well, he's going to play the second game. And then gets injured, I feel like they're going to be screwed. And 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 Tanzania, I, I mean, they were okay also, but you can't compare Senegal and Tanzania. That's my feeling about Senegal. I think Senegal may not win it just because of the fact that like if certain players are not playing, they may not win. And their bench is not so hot. I don't know if you've seen their bench. So their bench do, is not so hot. I, I believe they do have Keita Balde, right? Yeah, he so, he scored a goal so. last week. But I mean. Keita Belde was feeding Niang, Niang was missing. And Niang played for AC Milan, he, you know, he didn't do very well there. I mean, he did okay, but, um, but my point is, like, Senegal may also be depending on a player, Mane in this case. Um, and if Mane is out, Mane is also hot-headed. Remember, sometimes he goes crazy and then he gets a red card. If he misses games, I think they may be in trouble, especially if they play a, another powerhouse. Um, that's just my feeling about 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 Senegal. Yeah, I, I think Senegal have a good squad. I personally don't think they're gonna win this tournament, so I, I I'll just have to wait and see how this tournament plays out. Who do you have winning the? I believe tournament? that Egypt have a really good Come chance. Come on, so man. The, the, the thing about you're Nigerian, Egypt, aren't you? I am you? Nigerian. I'm Nigerian, but I, first and foremost, I am realistic. Sure. And I think that Egypt have a really good squad. This might be the best squad they've had in a while, given the fact that Egypt have always played most of the players on the African continent. Sure. And now they have a few players who actually play outside the African country. They sure. have Mohamed Salah, they have Anwar El Ghazi. Yeah. So, so this will be a really good opportunity for, for that team to come together. And you have Algeria. So I would say there, there are a lot of interesting teams and matchups that we're going to see in this tournament. Yeah. And just, just for now, I think Egypt has an edge. So I would say Egypt was very good. Um, I noticed during the game against Zimbabwe, it was just 1-0, first of all. The keeper, uh, Sibanda, for Zimbabwe was phenomenal. He had, I don't know what his stats was. He, he, got, uh, like he got substituted because he was injured. But he had so many saves. Um, I did see fa- flashes of goodness in the front line of, Zimbabwe, of, of Egypt. But I think when they meet a powerhouse like Senegal or Algeria or Nigeria, I think they may not be able to do a lot of the passing. The one danger man, and I can't believe he's still, like, he's good for Liverpool, and he's also good for Egypt. He's just phenomenal. Salah, Mohamed Salah is phenomenal. He's a very phenomenal player, and I could see that he was leading the team. He was the best player on the pitch, in my, in my, in my opinion, against Zimbabwe. But I still think, I still think Egypt is not up to par when it comes to facing tougher defense, like, Senegal, for example, or like Nigeria. Nigeria has a, a, a good defense. Um, and so I, I don't think they'll win. I, I, that's reser- my, that's I my reserve opinion. my comments on Nigeria, and this, is not, this is, has nothing really to do with the talent that we have. We have a lot of talent. I just want to see it come together. 
and I want to see a team that's organized enough yeah. to not depend on a magical back heel to win against Burundi. <laughs> I, want, I want to see a yeah, team yeah. that can actually go out and boss the game from minute zero to minute 90. So let's talk about, let's talk about Nigeria for a second. First of all, I think it was a weird initial formation. Um, they started Paul Onuachu instead of um, uh, Igalo, which was, to me, was weird, first of all. Um, second of all, um, there, doesn't, there didn't seem to be any chemistry, and I think it was just like they were just out of it. I don't know, something, something was wrong. Um, and also, it, like, uh, Leon Balogun did not play in defense. So like this, I, w- I, would, I, I don't think Leon Balogun should play, actually. Why not? He, he, he was at Brighton and Hove. Hobby, and it was benched. And he was benched all season. The only, the only time he played was when um, Duffy yeah, uh, yeah. Dunk had an yeah. injury. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not a great player, but you, you, you have to earn your place on the team. I don't want anyone to be a I, shoe-in on the team. Well, but the, just because he was benched, I understand what you're he's saying. He's a great he's player, but he has not been active week in, week out. Sure. And I think, I think you, bu- you build muscle memory from playing week in, sure, week out. Sure. And that translates on the pitch. So if there's a player that's playing for another team week in, week out, I would rather play him over Leon Balogun. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, that, that, hey, I, I, like, I'm just going off the World Cup roster. And I think Leon Balogun and um, they call them the Oyimbo wall, um, uh, Ekong. I think they're solid in the back. That's my opinion. I think they're, they work together well. They gel together. Um, I, obviously, they scored, as few, you know, they scored on Nigeria a few times in, in the World Cup, but I still think they're good. they have a good partnership. Now, the person I do want to talk about, though, in the Nigerian team, and by the way, this is for all you Chelsea fans out there. I think they made a very big mistake. I want to talk about Ola Aino. Um, for me, the man of the match, um, I've, I watched this guy uh, last season with Torino, very solid in a very tough league like Syria. Um, Ola I know is not only a good defender, but he's, his physique is very good because I think he's a little shorter and he has a good center of gravity. And also he has the assists, attacking mind. Um, I think he's phenomenal. Now, Chelsea lost him to Torino because Torino bought him for 10 million um, pounds or euros or whatever from Chelsea. And I think Chelsea have lost on a very solid play. And this player is, what, 21, 22? I don't understand why Chelsea did not see. And There is a long list of Chelsea players who went on to flourish in other leagues. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, Mohamed Salah. So I think they know how to count their losses. You, but yeah. but in, a, in, a, in a time when they need players where... It's like it's with like the transfer ch- ban. Yeah, with the transfer, it's like they didn't watch him at Torino at all. It's like I don't know who, who works. So I, the scouts. Didn't it comes down him? to the coach too. The coach has a system. They don't see him fitting in the system. They send him out, and that might so be the who, end. So of who it. fits in the system? Alonso, Alonso, or Emerson, Emerson, Palmieri, Zappa, Coaster. I mean, I don't you know. Fill in the gaps. I, the 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 all I know, I know. I think can play left mid because he's very attack minded also. And he's just that strong player. He's, he plays just like Frank Kessier. Just, you know, one-on-one with a player, he gets the ball. And I think he was our best player. And I'm very excited. And I'm happy, finally, because I was hoping he was going to play in the World Cup. But they kept playing the, the Idowu guy from, from Russia. Um, but I was, I was really sad I didn't play him. But I'm glad he's in the World Cup. And people are finally realizing that Ola I know is a 
very good left back. I don't want to misspeak and say he's one of the best left, left backs. But hey, he has he has a feature ahead of him, and I'm excited to see him. Sounds good. I'm excited for Nigeria as well. I'll be watching, and hopefully, I can the, the team can prove me wrong and change my mind about Nigeria's chances in this Nations Cup. Yeah, um, I want I wanted to sidetrack real quick about uh, the Vuvuzelas uh, in the African oh, yeah, Cup of Nations. Back? They're back. They're okay. back. The Vuvuzelas are back. Nice. Um, no, they're annoying. Actually, <laughs> I mean, I, depends, I, depends on what end of it you are, right? I, well, I think I think maybe the the way I was watching, I was watching on ESPN Plus, and maybe the uh, I think the commentator may not have been loud enough, or, or maybe they didn't suppress the noise, but it was aching my ear actually during the South African World Cup. I actually loved it. It was not like I know some people complained, but I was like, why are they complaining? But this time around, it, it was louder than than ever. I I, mean, I, I don't know. I they, understand. They just increased the decibels. I they, mean, they, they increased the yeah. So yeah. But no, I I I mean, I don't know how I feel about them. I just know that like I had to turn it down a little bit because I couldn't bear it. And, but but hey, it's an African thing, and I'm proud that it's an African thing. But you know, they need to uh, figure out the aesthetics. The what what, is, what do you call the acoustic, sound? Sure. Yeah, the acoustic. Yes. Uh, acoustic. Um, let's talk briefly about some of the stars not playing in the mm -hmm. Afcon. Big stars. Uh, we have Obama Yang for Gabon. Gabon did not qualify. Matip, Javinio, Bai. Sadly, due to injury, is not playing, and a natural. No um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I know Aubameyang would definitely have lit up the Cup of Nations if if Gabon had made it. But I see this as we have the best teams there right now. This is a, this is why it's a it's a it's a team tournament. It's a team event. So I just want to sit back and enjoy and. I hope these players can enjoy along with us viewers as well as this tournament goes. Yes, on. it's a very it's a very star-studded competition, and we're not trying to sell it just because we're Africans. But I'm actually telling you, if you look at the teams, all these players are players that you know you're familiar with, and they you know they had a very some well a lot of them had good seasons. I mean, Salah and and Mane won the Champions yes, League, so. Yes. They, um, they, they both won the Premier League guys go scars. Oh, oh yes, stuff. they shared it. I, and about me and to share, yeah, exactly. but he's yeah. not playing. But sadly, anyways, whatever. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about. Um, well, any last words on the African Nations Cup? I just, if you haven't caught a glimpse of any of the games, you should tune in and watch the games. That's what I really have to say to you. It's a very exciting tournament, and you shouldn't be missing out on that much soccer. It's very. Very exciting. Yes, and actually, I, I totally forgot about this point I was going to make. Um, you know how Americans love physicality and just people bashing into each other? Like, the African Cup of Nations is, like, it's crazy because you see all these really strong players just going at it, and, like, and and this is part of the whole thing about, like, VAR and stuff. Like, like they go at each other, but they don't call it a foul. It's crazy, and it's crazy how strong these these players are. Um, and also, VAR is not going to be until the quarterfinals, which I find weird. And that's going to be a problem because then people and they're not being trained They've up with VAR. They've gotten used to a style, and yeah. now they're and now switching the, it up on yeah. them. So it's going to be so it's going to be that. A, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I, think. I don't. I think I, it's going to be I'm so not many controversies. That, by the way. So many controversies. All right, let's move on to the uh, Concacaf Gold. The Concacaf Gold Cup. Do you want to talk about USA or Mexico? Well. I don't know. I, the way I feel about the uh, the Gold Cup right now is I've been seeing these huge scorelines, and it's not making me happy. It makes me feel like it's a bunch of friendlies. Oh, you mean like the the David versus Goliath game? Basically. Okay. Basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like it a lot, especially in the group stages, until you get to the knockout stages when the heavyweights start playing each other, and then you actually see a real game, which why in some cases 
cases have been made for this not even to be a tournament because a lot of it just feels like friendly games. But talking about that, Mexico had a difficult time with Martinique yes, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, so looking at it from that perspective, this is also giving an opportunity for smaller teams. Martinique is not even recognized by FIFA, by the way. So this is giving them an opportunity to actually stake a claim and say, we can hang with the big guys and we can actually play soccer. So, yeah. so that's an opportunity for those kind of teams as well. That's true. Well, I, I get your point. I hope, I hope we don't see any huge scorings anymore because it's, it's, frankly to me, it's, I think it's a little embarrassing. But talking about huge score lines, the USA beat Trinidad and Tobago 6-0. In yes. what was dubbed a revenge game. Revenge game. I don't. Yes, that doesn't feel like revenge. I mean, it feels like revenge for, on the American side, but it doesn't feel like a vengeful game. It felt like the the Trinidadians didn't really put a lot into it because it's six zero. Now I should say, Giasizades has been having a phenomenal tournament. He's been recording goals and assists in the games he's been playing, and that's really good. But I look forward to that game. I was really excited for that game and. It didn't live up to his expectations for me. Yes. Well, it's sad. Well, my I still I still have the same opinion about that. I'm, it's gotten to a point where I don't even bother to watch it anymore because I feel like it's just going to be some huge scoreline. But hopefully in the knockout stage, it's going to get we'll exciting. Find, it will yes, get exciting. But you think who do you think will be uh, lifting this? Uh, I secretly think Mexico is going to win it. Yes, mm -hmm. I also think the same. Just because I think the USA is not. Ready. I mean, I feel what I think is when the actual moment comes, when the actual test comes, I think Mexico can rise to the occasion. I don't think the U.S. men's national team yes. have what it takes also, at this point in time. Also, Rahul uh, Jimenez, phenomenal for Wolves, phenomenal for Mexico. It's crazy. You know, just I love when players are like consistent, and, and it just makes me tell you know tells me that this player is a, is a good player. They can fit into any team, and that's a good thing. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it for our podcast today. Uh, thanks, our listeners at home, for listening. Um, Suleiman, can you tell them where they can find sure, us? Sure, our listeners, please continue to reach out to us at 4th Official SP. That's 4th Official SP on Twitter. And also, you can send us emails anytime at 4th Official Soccer Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks yes. for tuning in. Yes, thank you for tuning in, and we hope to catch you next time. Bye bye. Thank you.